Don't let your past define who you are now. You can become anyone you want to be. You can be the best dad in the world. You can be the best husband in the world. You can still be in the best shape of your life. You can still be as successful and as wealthy as you want to become if you do the things necessary to be that. But step one is knowing that your identity isn't set. Who you are isn't set. You are what you do. So over the next week, if you do the actions necessary to become the kind of person who achieves the results that you want, then that's who you are. One week from now, you'll be a different person than you are right now. You are not who you were when you were in middle school, in high school, in college, who you were yesterday. You are what you do today, right now, at this moment. everyone and welcome to the Rising Father podcast. I'm Chris Rodak. This is episode eight and we're talking all about breaking free from your past and rewriting the narrative of who you are as a person. I want to thank everyone for spreading the word about the Rising Father podcast and growing our community so quickly. It's amazing to see the downloads from different podcast directories are off the charts right now and are exploding in growth. So thank you so much. It means so much to me. It means so much to my family, and I really appreciate it. There's so many downloads on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and it's just growing really quickly. So I really appreciate every time you share this, you like it, you leave a review, and you send it to someone you care about. So let's keep growing this thing. Let's keep spreading the word and get the message out there about men and fathers being strong and being the best people we can be. So breaking free from our past. This is a passionate topic of mine because it means that we're able to rewrite the story of our life. Now, if you've ever read Psycho-Cybernetics, this book talks a lot, a, bit about, a lot about this, as well as Atomic Habits and other books um, on this topic. Tony Robbins talks about this, Zig Ziglar, um, Jim Rohn, all of these you know, mindset, quote-unquote, gurus talk about this, and it's really, really important to at least listen to some of these ideas because you can really change your life once you start to believe it. Once you believe that you can change who you are as a person, once you believe that if you set your mind to it, you can actually become the person you want to be, then that's a really powerful tool to have in your bag. It's an amazing thought to have in your bag that, hey, I can become who I want to become if I can reframe the things that have happened to me, if I can cast the lies out I've been telling to myself, I can break free from the negative thought pattern. Once you understand that, you can create this powerful version of yourself that you've never seen before, that no one else has ever seen before, but that is you. But you're, what you're doing is truly understanding who you are as a person. All of us have gone through trauma in the past of some sort. We've all had issues. We've all had problems. We've all had deaths in our family. We've all had traumatic things happen to us. And sometimes they were all our, our fault. Sometimes they weren't. You know, sometimes things happen to us. Sometimes we happen to things. But the important point is that how are we thinking about what happened to us in the past? How are we thinking about it? Are we thinking when something bad happens to us, are we thinking that that bad thing happened to us? And we are the reason that bad thing happened. And because that bad thing happened, we are now down in the dumps and it's affecting who we are as a person. Or can we reframe what happened as, hey, we learned from that. That thing, that bad thing that happened is never going to happen again. And, hey, it even made me stronger. So all of us go through these 
you know, horrible moments of our life that we wish wouldn't happen, but they're going to happen. We're all going to go through bad parts of our life and just running from it instead of learning how to deal with it is a whole nother problem that we can tack on. So when things happen to us that we don't like, it's important to learn how to deal with it and then understand that what's happening can be a learning lesson for us. So say something really unfortunate happens to you, you know, you get fired from work. So you get fired from work for whatever reason, they're downsizing. You can, you know, get sent into a death spiral of depression and anxiety and end up working at a less job. Or you can take that as your moment to go learn some skills, start your own business, or start studying up for a better job, go back to college. You can use that traumatic thing that happened to you as an excuse to do less or a reason to do more. It's all with between your ears. It's all in your head. You can reframe the things that are happening to you as an impetus for movement, as the reason why you keep getting stronger and more powerful and more successful, or you could say that's the reason why I'm not successful. That's the reason why things didn't work out. So many of us have negative thought patterns that play on repeat in our head over and over and over again. And that's why it's so hard for so many people to be in isolation, for so many people to, say, go in a float tank. I love going to float tank therapy. They shut the lid, the water's body temperature, it's full of salt, so you're floating, you can't feel the walls. All you are is left alone with your thoughts. You're just laying in a dark room with your thoughts, and it's a beautiful thing if you enjoy your thoughts. If you don't like your thoughts, then guess what? It's a hellish nightmare and you have to work hard to get past that. But so many guys do not like being in isolation and with their own thoughts. When you're alone with your own thoughts, you get to the bottom of kind of your subconscious patterns. And one thing that I like from Buddhist teaching, from the study of our own brain, is that the idea that we are not our thoughts. The thoughts that we think aren't necessarily ours. We have to look at them objectively and decide whether we want to interact with them or not. Because who we are as a person is us. It's deep. It's, it's internal. It's not just the thoughts that are running through our head at all hours of the day. Thoughts come to us from messages we see on our phone, iPad, TV, computer, things we hear from people outside when we're walking around, from our friends, from family. The thoughts that enter our head don't necessarily come from us on the inside and who we are as a person. So when these thoughts come to you, they're not necessarily yours. They're not who you are as a person. So you have to say, do I want to entertain these thoughts? Are these mine? And do I want to, or do I want to just reject them? Sometimes you want to just reject them and just see the thought coming and just let it go. For a lot of guys, we have this negative pattern that goes on repeat for us that, hey, you're not good enough. You know, you're going to screw that up. Don't try to do that. It's not going to work out. That's too big of a risk. Uh, you're going to look stupid. People are going to laugh at you. Don't do that. And this just keeps on going on repeat for so many guys. And, and they think that's who they are as a person. But no, that is not you. Those are thoughts that you need to see objectively and let them float by. Just look at them go by like it's a boat on a river passing you up. Think about your thoughts that way, your negative thoughts that way, that you just you see them, you don't run from them, but you let them pass you by. Once you're able to not internalize every single thought that comes to your head, you've got a superpower. You can differentiate who you are as a person on the inside, your soul, your very being, your physical body, and differentiate between that and the thoughts that are running through your head at all times. Now, those thoughts are often the things that tear us down. They're the things that keep us negative. They're the things that, 
you know, don't inspire us or the things that make us want to give up at times. And we have to realize when that happens, when we need to look at these things objectively and take a step back. Now, when we have these thoughts, it's important to decide whether they are true or whether they are false. And whenever we're thinking back to traumatic memories that we have from our childhood, so many times we use these childhood memories as defining characteristics of who we are now as a person. And the truth is, they are not. It is a painting uh, that we paint as a child that's depicting who we are now that we've never let go. It's like if your son, when he's two years old, draws you a painting, and whenever he's 18, you hold that two-year-old picture up and say, hey, this is how you draw. This is who you are. It's like, no, I've grown since then. But the thing is, a lot of our memories stick with us, and how we see the world as two, four, six-year-olds sticks with us. If we have these really powerful memories as children or young adults of being rejected, of failing at things, of not being successful. So many of us carry that on our back like a book bag full of bricks, just pulling us down to the ground when we just need to throw it off and realize who we are right now. Especially us dads. You know, you are such influential, powerful people to yourself, to your family, to those around you. You have to realize it. You have to realize who you are as a person on the inside and take your full potential grab hold of your full of your full potential reject the false stories from your past and understand who you are now so for example say whenever you're a teenager you asked a girl out and she said no and that just crushed you on the inside that made you feel like you were worthless and at the moment that was the biggest thing of your life that was the most horrible thing that ever happened to you in your life you thought, man, this girl's rejecting me. She doesn't like me. No girl is ever going to like me again. And in that moment, all hyped up, you know, emotional and, you know, physical things going on, you just, that's all you're thinking about is how horrible that is. And that sticks with you because whenever you're, especially an adolescent and you have these memories baked into the physical changes that are going on with you, they stick with you for a long time. I remember, you know, specific moments with, different girlfriends going back and forth from during that whole stage, especially whenever you try to ask someone out or say you're at like a, a high school dance and you want to ask someone to dance and they say no, or you try to act cool in front of someone, they laugh at you. Those are really, at the time, traumatic memories that can stick with you. And they often stick with us into adulthood. Okay, They often stick with us far past when we should. And we what happens is, these memories cause us to paint pictures of who we think we are at that moment. And we carry that picture with us when we don't have to. We don't have to carry that picture with us forever. We can just look at the picture, say, yeah, that happened. It wasn't fun. And then throw it out, throw it in the trash can. Paint a new picture of who you are because you're different. That's the truth. It's not just, you know, happy, frou-frou, positive thinking you know, wishing who you are and just, you know, all that kind of stuff, writing on dream pillows. It's reality. You are who you are right now. You are what you did today. Back whenever these bad memories were happening, you know, back whenever these traumatic events were happening, were you, say, working out every day like you are right now? Were you loving your children like you are right now? No, because you didn't have kids. Were you doing great DIY projects and building things with your hands and making friends and working on yourself, working on your own, you know, aspirations in business and life and career. 
No, you're a different person now than you were back then. So shed the old skin like a snake. Shed it and become the person who you were meant to be. Because who you are right now is just building towards who you were meant to be. We don't have to be who we wanted to be as children. You know, say you were in middle school and you said, well, when I'm older, I want to be this thing because it meant a lot to you when you were 11 and 12 years old. Guess what? You're, maybe you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s right now. You don't have to be who you wanted to be whenever you were an adolescent. Okay, you can be anyone you want. You can change careers. You can change jobs. You know, you can become physically someone you've never thought possible. All these things are possible and up to you. You just have to understand that it is. So many of us get trapped into this brick cage, okay? This just brick house of our own identities where we say who we are right now and who we were in the past is who we're going to be forever. It's not true. You know, I, I know personally that, you know, I am not in the best physical shape that I'll ever be in in my life. There will be a time in the future where I still have to get to the best shape I've ever been in. I've been in great shape before. You know, I did um, back whenever I was single and living on my own. Well, I wasn't single, but I was living on my own. I didn't have any kids. For me, single is like basically if you don't have kids, you're, you've got a lot of free time. So, yeah, I was engaged and but living on my own. And I did P90X like three times in a row. And not to brag, but I got pretty ripped. I was on a diet. I was meal planning, meal prepping every single meal for like two weeks out. And I just, I remember being at work eating like little celery sticks. I remember there was a point where I didn't have a piece of candy for six months straight. And I was, I got, my normal weight is like 210. I was down to 167. So probably too, too skinny, but I was like shredded and I was in good shape. But now I'm stronger than I was then. I'm not as lean, but I'm still working on that. And now I'm doing jujitsu and now I'm smarter about my health. So there's still a time in the future where I'm going to be in the best shape that I've ever been in. I'm 34. And back when I was in my P90X days, I was like 22. And I believe it. It's a fact. It's going to happen. In the next 6 to 12 months, I will be in the best shape of my life. And I know it's possible. And it's possible for all of us. But when I talk to so many guys, they think those days are behind them. Even guys that are in their late 20s. You talk to them and say, oh, I'm feeling old. It's like, why are you feeling old? You're in your 20s. You're in your 30s. Why are you feeling old? It's such a mental thing. It's, no, I, but then I also know guys who are in their late 40s, 50s who are getting shredded and ripped and doing jujitsu and doing gymnastics and can do splits and flips and who can dunk basketballs. Those guys are younger than these 20 and 30-year-olds who think that life is over. It's what you think about it. All of us have to shed this old identity and skin of who we think we are and go after who you want to be. Now, I know guys say, whenever I talk about improving yourself, about becoming, you know, ripped, about becoming athletic, about, you know, starting some type of digital business or something for those guys who want to spend more time with their family or, you know, boosting your career, they always say, yeah, well, your kids love you no matter what. Yeah, that's true. Our kids love us no matter what. Or they'll say, hey, well, you don't have to do that. You could just stay who you are and love yourself and... Yeah, that's true. You don't have to do anything. We don't have to try to do anything. We can stay who we are forever. That is 100% true. I could accept that, you know, I'm 34. 
I'm in pretty good shape. This is the best shape I'll ever be in. Yes, my kids and wife are going to love me no matter what. And so that's good enough for me. Yes, my financial situation is fine. I can go on trips, vacations. Um, you know, we can take my family out to eat whenever I want. So this is as successful as I will ever be. And that's fine because guess what? My family's going to love me no matter what. That is perfectly fine. But this message really isn't for those people. Okay, if you are 100% content with where you are, then that's great. That's a great place to be. But I know for me, for many guys out there, you want something more. You want to move on with your life. You want to go for the next thing. I know for me, I can't sit still. The worst thing for me is being on vacation and not working out or not having still something that I'm working towards. I like to earn my vacations. I have the best vacations after I've just completed something great. I remember, I think three years ago, the day before we went on vacation, we closed a client for our real estate business, got a huge contract, and man, I had the best vacation ever because I felt like I earned it. I felt like, man, that was amazing. Whenever, uh, right leading up to our honeymoon, that's when I did all those P90X things and I was in great shape. When we, we went to Sandals, Jamaica for a week, you better believe I was pigging out and eating and drinking, because I, but I felt like I earned it. You know, I cut, I cut down 55, 60 pounds, and I was shredded in the best shape of my life at that point. So yeah, I felt great. I felt like I did something and earned it. So for me, for many men, we feel like we need to have some type of mission, something bigger than ourselves that we're working towards. Nothing is worse than getting to a point where it's kind of going back to those teenage days. I remember being a teenager, and I still worked hard as a teenager. I practiced basketball a lot. I was a saxophone player. I practiced saxophone a lot. But I remember being at a spot where I, I could sleep into 12 somehow. I don't know how. I can't sleep in past 730 now. But at some point when I was a teenager, teenager I was able to sleep in till 1230, 1 o'clock, no problem. And I, and I, I, I had you know, nothing to do that day. I would sleep until 12, 12.30. At like 4 o'clock, I would call my friend, see what we were doing that night, and just hang out and relax. Now, you know, I'm a different person now. If I sleep until 12, I wake up like, oh my goodness, I need to get some, some shit done. I need to go outside, get some stuff done. I, I missed all this time with my kids. I could have been playing. I didn't, you know, I didn't work on my website at all. I'm missing out. I, I miss these six things. That's who I am now, you know. It's not to say I can't relax, because I can relax, but whenever I relax, I want to earn that relaxation. The relaxation is so much more sweet whenever I've earned it. The worst place to be for me is just no goals on the horizon, no projects to be working towards, and just every day is the same. You know, just watching movies, watching TV, not eating well, gaining weight, you know, just not making progress in areas of my life that I want to be and having that build and build and snowball and snowball and seeing one aspect of your life where you got sloppy affect the next and affect the next and it just keep on getting worse and worse that's the worst place to be and it, it can you know one month of that can turn into three years and that happened to me I talked about you know getting shredded and ripped for um for my wedding for P90X and that happened and that was great I was one year of straight discipline and then I got married and you know I was living with someone and we weren't meal prepping and 
more stresses of mortgages and life happened. And over the next like two, three years, I got up to the heaviest I've ever been. You know, I wasn't obese, but I was, I gained like 60 pounds back. So I went from like 160 to like 220, 230. And I've since shed some of that weight and, you know, gained muscle and started jujitsu and other things. But yeah, that can happen. And I, I remember thinking when I was on my honeymoon, eating and, you know, relaxing a little bit, like, man, don't go overboard, don't go overboard. But over the next couple years, it just started to slip and slip and slip. And that was like uh, 10, 12 years ago. So it can happen. It can happen to anyone. But it doesn't have to be permanent. None of these things have to be permanent. I didn't see myself at that time as this is who I'm going to be forever. I had the memory of getting in great shape, being athletic, and I knew I was able to lose the weight. So I lost the weight again because I know what to do. It's great, like with my son, he's eight years old and he has a jujitsu tournament in a couple of days. He needs to make a certain weight bracket. He needs to lose two pounds. And for him now, it's not a big deal. For most people, that would be a nightmare. Oh my goodness, I got to lose two pounds in a week? But guess what? This is his third tournament now. And we've lost weight or gained weight going up into that. Now, we didn't make it a stressful thing. He wasn't walking around school with a sauna suit or, you know, baking in the sauna or anything. It's just we just cut off the snacks. We just stopped eating so many snacks. He likes to eat snacks. Every every little boy does. Or if we had pizza one night, instead of eating, like, you know, him in the kitchen throwing down five pieces of pizza, he ate, like, two. And just with some basic things, and he goes to CrossFit, does jujitsu. We make sure that, he you know, during warm-ups he's running, he's able to cut some weight pretty easily. So he sees himself now as someone who can deal with his weight, which is amazing because for so many people dealing with your weight is like an emotional thing that's, you know, invites like tears and crying and you have to look at yourself in the mirror. And, you know, for him, though, it's just like a tool. He knows, hey, if I need to lose weight, okay, I go to CrossFit, I do, I work a little bit harder and I don't eat snacks. Or even, hey, maybe I'll just skip breakfast. You know, I'm, I'm, I intermittent fast. I don't eat breakfast every day. Sometimes I'll do a 48-hour fast. It's not a big deal. We don't have to eat every single day. Like, whenever we were raised, basically, most of us, we were said, hey, eat a huge breakfast, eat a huge lunch, eat a huge dinner, and drink milk all the time. And I remember being a kid eating like white bread balls, and which were delicious at the time. But yeah, we can get it. We can get by perfectly fine with with a little bit less food. So he now he now is able to just kind of control his weight if he needs to at eight years old. So how, how great is that going to be? Say he's 25 years old, let himself go a little bit, and he wants to lose 20 pounds. Like, yeah, okay, I did it. I, I did that for these jujitsu tournaments when I was in elementary school. I can do it now. I can lose 20 pounds in a couple months. No biggie. So a lot of times not seeing your weight loss as such an emotional thing is a good thing. Well, I got a little off track there, but the point being is that how you see yourself kind of depicts what actions you take. And whenever you let your past define who you are now, that is like, you know, you're on a, you're on in a sled, sled riding down a hill, and the track is already made for you. You're just sledding in the track that's already there, and that track that's already there is just your past. Whereas if you say, hey, I can be whoever I want, that's now you've got a steering wheel. Now you can decide where you want to go in the snow. You're not just following a track; you're making your own track. It's being in a boat and just letting the waves push you around or having, you know, a jetpack on the back and in a rudder. It's steering the boat or letting the ocean just move you around. Whenever you don't let your past just define who you are, you are the one steering the boat toward your destination. We all tell so many stories about ourselves. 
that aren't necessarily true. I know I do, and the important part is recognizing when it happens. That's step one. That is the biggest step, is understanding that it can happen, and then seeing when it happens, and then stopping it from happening. So try to do that just as an exercise. Just notice your thoughts whenever you're going throughout your day. Make sure, you know, say you're away from a screen, you're away from the phone, the TV, and you're just, I don't know, doing some yard work or walking down a hallway at work. See what your thoughts are saying. Because they're going to be doing something. It's very, very rarely do we have no thoughts going through our head. And are they telling stories about you? Are you imagining future situations that have never happened and what you might say? Those are stories that, that's an imaginary world. That's fantasy world. Okay? And how is your brain deciding how you're going to be acting in those fake scenarios? Well, it's creating it. It's just making things up. So you can choose to entertain that or not. You can even choose to make those stories have a better outcome for you. Okay, now, there's, this is getting into, there's a, a YouTube video, there's a famous story called The Secret. I think it's Dale Nightingale. I believe so. You can check me. But if you YouTube The Secret, you're going to find it. It's like a 30-minute video. A lot of people talk about it, and it's about visualizing and making things happen, making things come to fruition just by willing them and wishing them into fruition or saying to the universe, hey, I want this to happen. Now, I don't know if this is why, but this might have happened to my brother because he went into the army and before he even went in, he said, I want to be stationed at Hawaii. He told us, he told everyone in the family, and he could be stationed anywhere in the world. I know people that have joined the army said, hey, it would be great to be in Hawaii or other places. And, you know, they ended up in other places of the world that aren't nearly as luxurious as Hawaii. But he just got a call the other days. And after telling us, after saying out loud, hey, I want to be in Hawaii, he's going to be stationed in Hawaii for like three years. His job, he's going to be like an intelligence analyst, you know, s sitting at a desk or doing something pretty interesting in, in Hawaii you know, getting his college loans paid for, getting a salary. That's an amazing gig for a guy right out of, he did college for a couple of years and he decided he wanted to do that. I mean, they're going to pay off all his, all his debt. He's going to get a salary. He's going he's gonna to graduate from there with a, you know, a job lined up. That's an amazing thing. I would have loved to have done that when I was done that when I was his age, but he kind of, I feel like he willed that into existence because he put that out there that, Hey, I want to be in Hawaii. And he thought about it. He said it, he made it happen. So if you haven't listened to The Secret by Dale Carnegie, give it a YouTube. Turn on YouTube, search it. It's worth your time. You might think it's bullshit. That's fine. Maybe it is bullshit. But I honestly, in my heart, believe that if you want to accomplish something, you have to make it a target in your head. And you have to say it out loud that I want to do this. Because otherwise, you're not steering yourself towards anything. If you don't have a target or a goal in mind... What are you aiming towards? You're like that rudderless boat floating around in the ocean. You're going nowhere. You have to at least say out loud or write down, I want this to happen. I want $5,000 in my savings account by next month. And then once you say it out loud and you write it down, things start to happen because you start to think about your target more and your thoughts influence your words. And then your words start to influence what you do so your thoughts, words, and actions are all pointing towards this target now. And then guess what? Your targets start to happen. Maybe you don't hit $5,000. Maybe you hit $3,000.
But guess what? If you never said that goal, that target out loud, you'd be at zero dollars. These things just don't happen. Part of reframing who we are is understanding that you have the power to make things happen in the future if you make them a goal or target of yourself. Okay? You can say, I want this to happen. Say it out loud, write it down, and then start to train your thoughts, words, and actions to go after what you want. After you do that, those things will start to happen. And even if you don't hit it exactly, you're getting close to it. So you start here, you want to get here. If you end up anywhere here, that's good. That's better than being here or doing nothing and just sinking down. So verbalize where you want to be, who you want to be, and then you will start to become that. You will start to get there. A good exercise is to make a crystal clear image of something that you want, whether it's who you want to be, a situation you want to happen, and make it as clear as you can in your brain. Because once you do that over and over again, your brain starts to train your actions, thoughts, and words to hit that target. So say you want you know, a new house someday. You want some more land for your kids and family to run around and just kind of spread out. Think about the color of the paint. Think about what you want the driveway to look like. How many trees do you want leading up to your house? How many acres do you want around you? Visualize that in your head so it's a crystal clear target. Imagine a scenario where you're driving home from your dream job that you're going to work towards and how good you'll feel inside. You know, what car are you going to be driving? Is your hand going to be on the shift? Your other hand going to be on, hopefully, the steering wheel? And you drive down the driveway. Your wife comes down to greet you. Your kids are playing in your new yard that you got. You know, and then what, what are you going to have for dinner that night? Go through the entire situation in your head crystal clear so you can taste it, you can smell it, you can see everything so crystal clear that your brain desperately wants to get there. Some of us have crystal clear images of our past failures instead. So you see what I'm saying? Some of us have our past memories of failures as these crystal clear memories in our brain that just keeps on replaying. And what do you think happens then? Say you're going for a promotion and you have to do an interview with your boss, but you have these crystal clear memories of past promotions not going your way. So you replay that in your head over and over and over again leading up to the interview. What do you think is going to happen then? Do you think you're going to get that job? What if you imagine yourself going into that interview and nailing it? And you do the necessary work leading up to there to nail the interview. And you keep on imagining yourself doing well and well. So in one situation, you're imagining, imagining yourself getting the promotion, nailing the interview, doing the things necessary. And on the other hand, you imagine yourself failing and you remember past memories of failing. What do you think your brain is training you to do? One of those two scenarios. If you imagine yourself being successful, your brain will train yourself, your subconscious, your actions to be successful. So you can decide in that way who you want to become, but you have to be intentional about it. Don't be that rudderless boat just floating around, being knocked around by the waves. Be the person who decides who they want to be and then do the necessary things to become that. Don't let your past define who you are. Our brains have a hard time distinguishing between reality and our imagination. Some of our dreams are so realistic, we wake up in a sweat and think, oh my goodness, I thought that was real. I, that, happened, that, ha that has happened to me many times where I've had a dream. Even I've asked my wife, hey, did you say that to me last night? And she'll say, no. They, man, I must have been dreaming. And just going back to my saxophone days, you can practice music on any instrument, okay, without the instrument. 
So if I had, for example, a concerto competition or some type of big performance coming up and my mouth was hurting, so when, I, I, when I was in college, I would practice five, six hours a day until my lip was bleeding. So at that point, I couldn't practice anymore. So what I would do is I'd look at the music and I would just imagine the saxophone there and go through it. And I can do that now where I can save myself tons of time practicing by not actually playing, by just imagining I'm playing. Because when you do that, your brain is getting actual reps and it thinks it's real. You can trick your brain, you can train your brain into improving real physical aspects of your life by imagining them. And apply that to any scenario. I also do that with jujitsu. If we learn a new move and I'm at home laying in sleep, I can't go to bed, I'll shut my eyes and I'll imagine myself going through the move and then the next day I'm better at that move because I've imagined it happen. If you've never done it before, try it. Try it with anything. Try with throwing darts, with playing pool, with memorizing jokes. If you can memorize something, then you're doing it. If you can memorize any word, then you're doing what I'm saying because you're imagining something that's not really happening and then you're rep reproducing it in real life. Okay, if you can imagine, if you can memorize a sequence of 10 numbers, then you're doing what I'm saying. Okay, because you're going over it in your head, then you're spewing it out with real numbers, with real speech. So I did that with saxophone all the time. I do that with jujitsu. You can do it with archery. You can do it with anything, including interactions with people, job interviews, okay, real life skills, sales calls. You can do this. So you're taking something imaginary and making it into reality. So our brains are luckily able to be trained that way. So we can trick ourselves and train ourselves into imagining fake scenarios and making them real. Because our brains can't easily distinguish between imagination and reality, we can then train ourselves to be successful at anything we want. We can become who we want to be. We can imagine ourselves as a certain person, and then that begins to train ourselves to do the things that that kind of person would do. Don't let your past define who you are now. You can become anyone you want to be. You can be the best dad in the world. You can be the best husband in the world. You can still be in the best shape of your life. You can still be as successful and as wealthy as you want to become if you do the things necessary to be that. But step one is knowing that your identity isn't set. Who you are isn't set. You are what you do. So over the next week, if you do the actions necessary to become the kind of person who achieves the results that you want, then that's who you are. One week from now, you'll be a different person than you are right now. You are not who you were when you were in middle school, in high school, in college, who you were yesterday. You are what you do today, right now, at this moment. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Rising Father podcast. I'm Chris Rodak. Like I said earlier, I really appreciate everyone sharing this with your friends, with your family, and making this grow so fast. I'll see you guys next week.